Welcome to episode number 31 of the Peaceful Power Podcast, and today I'm going to interview Lahana Vigliano. Sapphire training helps the on-the-go woman feel more energetic, find her inner peace, and become more powerful by creating a fitness lifestyle she loves. Lahana is a holistic nutritionist that loves to educate and empower others to live a holistic lifestyle for optimal health. She covers topics on nutrition, essential oils, herbs, and so much more. She has a bachelor's degree in nutrition science and is a real food advocate. Outside of her love for nutrition, holistic living, she is a wife and mom of two. This stems her passion from her passion for helping other moms because our children are the next generation and she wants to change the future of health for generations to come. So I'm so excited to bring you the first um, podcast interview with someone who is in the nutrition fields. So um, get ready to learn about healthy snacks for kiddos and for adults alike. All right, welcome to episode 30, and today I am here with Lahana, and she is going to tell us a little bit more um, about herself. So go ahead and introduce yourself, Lahana. Hi, everyone. I am a holistic nutritionist. I have a background in nutrition science. I am the owner of Thrival Nutrition and, of course, a mom and a wife. I started my journey with nutrition going to actually become a physician assistant. I realized my heart wasn't in it. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And that's how I found like nutrition. I knew there was just a better way to help people. So I just teach people how to live a holistic lifestyle, taking a whole body approach, how to eat real food, how to minimize environmental toxins, natural beauty, fitness, all that fun stuff. Yes, I love that. It's totally something that I'm aligned with and I try to incorporate into my life and try to teach people as well. So I, I'm loving this and you're more on the nutrition side, which I'm excited to kind of dive into. Yes. So um, I want to start off with kids since I just had my first son. I want to know, and he's not quite eating quite yet, but what are some healthy snack and meal ideas for kids? Awesome. Okay. I have two. So I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old. So I've kind of been there. Um, I definitely disclaimer, want to recommend that you don't start feeding any solids until six months. Um, I know there's a lot of controversy of like starting babies young, um, on foods, but their guts aren't mature yet, which can lead to future health problems. So I always say like six months and beyond is the perfect place to start implementing like solids. Um, Okay, so I would say fruits, veggies, of course, nut butters, hard-boiled eggs, grass-fed cheese, yogurts, and not the yogurts that you get in, like, the mini kind mm -hmm. with, you know, the artificial flavorings like and stuff. Um, and then prepared items just like sweet potato fries, cauliflower cheesy bread, zucchini chocolate chip bread. I mean, these are all, like, snacks you have to prepare, but they're really delicious and nutrient-dense when you do prepare them. And... With kids, they snack a lot. Like, my daughter's a snacker, for sure. She's, like, not a sit-at-a-meal kind of girl. She likes to snack. So our snacks are, like, fruits, like the berries and apples and bananas and veggies, like celery and carrots and car veggies from the night before, I should say. I was going to say carrots from the night before. Veggies, like, leftover veggies that I just heat up and give to her. Um, and we love, like, Justin's almond butter, so I mentioned nut butter. So those are just some specifics that I use for my daughter, for meals, it's ideal to have a ton of proteins from like grass-fed organic animals and healthy fats from like coconut oil, avocado, nuts and seeds, um, and also whole food carbohydrates like rice and quinoa, legumes that are properly prepared, which means they are soaked overnight and then cooked the next day. Um, I know that's a whole other topic, but I just wanted to put that in there. And just avoiding mostly the processed stuff for kids, like the wheat products, which I know that we will talk about in a second but 
it's okay for indulging every once in a while, but they shouldn't be snacking on it like every day. And that could be things from like breads and crackers and pretzels and things of that nature. Okay. That's, yeah, those are all great, um, exciting things. So my son, he just turned six months old. Um, so do you have a thing? I'm still trying to decide. Baby led weaning or purees. Do you have an opinion either way? Yes. Okay. So my son, I did pureed. Um, I was young. I really didn't understand. I was like, okay, I'll do the pureed thing. I hated it. It was so messy. Like he would spit. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. So I learned about baby led weaning with my daughter when I was pregnant and I tried it and I loved it. It's literally where, I mean, you wanted with they're just starting off to just try, you know, carrots or um, kind of bland things, but they're pretty much eating what you're eating. So if we're having broccoli that night, she's having some steamed broccoli. And a couple times it was scary because it looked like she was choking, yes. but it really, I thought of it, I was right there, I was watching her, but I just thought of it as like, they're really learning what they can take and what they can't. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're technically choking it's just that they're getting used to the solid foods and eating because they've always had breast milk or formula before that so there was a couple scares but I held it together and she was eating better earlier than my son was when he did the puree first mm, that's good to know yeah because I'm kind of like oh which one I want to try the baby love weaning but then the choking I'm like ah oh, can I do it <laughs> yeah no I was just always there with her watching her it was a little scary but it wasn't like I could tell she had it under control. She was just getting used to like the swallowing more solid foods. And as long as they're steamed and like soft, it's really not a problem. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you for those tips. Um, Now I want to kind of switch into adults. So a lot of my clients um, are busy. I mean, everyone's busy now. So one of the things they have problems with is kind of eating healthy on the go. So do you have any like tips for how can we meal plan as adults, like grab and go foods or even coming down to dinner, you know, people get home late at night and they don't want to cook and they just order fast food. Is there another way to kind of prepare food ahead of time or any tips like that? For sure. So for busy adults, especially for dinner, your crock pot is going to be your bestie. 100%. Um, Making like making something and just throwing things in the crock pot early in the morning and then you're coming home to like a meal that's cooked. It feels amazing. Mm -hmm. But on the go meals in general, lunches, breakfast, so many that are like already made are just full of crap. So it's really necessary to prep, 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 prep. And I know we hear that a lot and it sounds dreadful, but doing this, it saves you a lot of time during the week. You literally just grab and go. So things like meatloaf or chia seed pudding, an egg bake for breakfast, salads, which a batch cooked protein, like adobo chicken or any type of chicken breast or steak. And Anything like that that you can just make a whole bunch of and then just portion it off so you can literally grab and go. Um, Another tip that I love to do is just make an extra serving or two when you cook dinner. Or, so you have lunch the next day. Like sometimes that will just be my breakfast the next day. But just making those extra servings will save you a ton of time. The goal is to prep it and just grab it eat it, go. The snacks I mentioned for kids also go with adults. So it's totally possible just to, you know, have, you know, a couple slices of grass fed cheese or some meat roll ups, which is like, um, I use applicate like deli meat Mm -hmm. and roll it up with some grass fed cheese or prepare a bowl of egg salad or pre-made chicken salad. Um, RX bars and lar bars are really, really good for grab and go. And even shakes with grass fed whey protein. I mean, 
I think the ideas are just endless, but you have to prepare and you have to be thinking of the week ahead of you and see what you're craving and just make it. Totally. Yeah. That's something that I know over the summer, I think summertime is hard because you know, we're, we want to be outside and we don't always definitely meal plan. And I know I just started getting back into it this coming week and I'm like, oh, this feels great. I'm back to preparing stuff. Like yesterday I sat down and chopped everything up, washed everything. I'm like, this is so much better than when I'm you know, all summer long, I basically been like throwing things together last minute and oh crap, I didn't buy groceries this week, you know, you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, so I, I always think prepping is huge. <laughs> yes. I always love for those days of like your fridge is kind of bare minimum empty and you literally just do like a stir fry of <laughs> random veggies yeah. and just whatever you have to like before it goes bad. <laughs> Yep, that's literally what I did every Monday was our stir Friday. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So another problem that we have, and I know I have this, um, is my, my husband and I like to eat differently. So I prefer, you know, eating a little healthy. He always is like, oh, I need more food than this. Or if I try to, you know, do some more like meatless meals, he's like, I need meat. So what do you do if your partner is not really into the same foods as you and you're trying to eat a little healthier? That's me and my husband. Like, well, my husband more. He's like, I need the meat. And I do too, though. I will be hungry in five minutes after. But um, the best thing you can do is just to be an example. Being an example is like everything in life that helps motivate others and they see your results and your progress. But one of the best things to do if your partner isn't wanting to like eat healthy is to start off with making their favorite foods, but turning them into good, healthier alternatives. Mm -hmm. So for an example would be pancakes um instead of using the regular pancake mix in a box or making pancakes with processed flour you would use like almond flour or coconut flour and it's like the same food but it's like you're making it healthier and same with french fries make sweet potato fries burgers those foods are really healthy i feel like burgers is definitely one of the ones that was like burgers aren't healthy but if you use like grass-fed beef and you're using um, onions and garlic in it and it's just real whole food ingredients you don't have to suffer and you can still eat healthy and live healthy but still have your favorites mm -hmm. so tra that will help with the transitioning of eating healthy is just starting with their favorites making it healthier and then they'll be like oh this is really good and to that like works and then they will be more open in the long run after you start with their favorites and then move on but I mean my husband he eats a lot too probably double as me but I mean I just make a little extra for that but the best thing you can do is be an example and just try to start with the best delicious healthy recipes that you have and then you can kind of start to introduce maybe the not so <laughs> the more dreaded foods I guess mm -hmm. I should say like if you have a picky eater and it's green things yep. you know start with something they like and then introduce the things they don't like later yeah so it's really good yeah because my husband like the only vegetables he'll eat is like broccoli and that's pretty much about it so trying to introduce <laughs> anything besides broccoli is um you know it's quite difficult so that's where even last night I was like, oh, try the cauliflower. I put it in the oven. I cooked it a little different way. Nope, wasn't having it. <laughs> yeah. And see, one of the best things is like a cauliflower cheesy bread. And those are, oh. it was so, so, so good. And even just having that, you'd be like, well, that's cauliflower. Oh, that's <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> Rather than just being like, here, have the cauliflower. 
Yeah, like, like you have to make out. it look to them appealing versus us. Like, I'm the same way. Like, I can roast something. It doesn't have to be pretty. And I'd yep. be like, yeah, I'll eat it. I know it's healthy. I know it's what I need to do. But other people that may be picky, you have to make it appealing to them. That That is a good idea. Yeah. Yep. Because he did that this weekend. We had, um, he usually hates onions. And my sister-in-law put onions in her hamburger meat. And he totally ate it and didn't even pick them out. And he's like, well, they were so tiny. I was like, what? I was like, okay, I see this. I can, I can make it work. I just have to kind of sneaky kind of about it. It's, so, it's all mental, too, to be honest. Yes, yes. So what are some of the best real foods that you would suggest for um, kind of everyone to eat? Are there any really good ones that you think should be everyone's diets? So it's really hard to say just because everyone's so biochemically different inside and what works for one person may not work for another. But I would say the best food groups that we need are quality proteins from grass-fed organic animals and veggies and fruit. I'm a big fan of, I always pronounce this wrong, cruciferous vegetables. So like the broccoli, the cauliflower, the kale, the Brussels sprouts. Those are veggies that I just try to get in my diet at least once a day. They're just so full of nutrients and the studies that are backing it of just being anti-cancer. It just motivates me to eat it. But veggies and fruit and good quality proteins are hands down the food groups that we need. Honestly, no matter who you are, different vegetables, some people may be sensitive to. I mean, that's on an individual level, but those are the ones we really need to be focusing on. They're just filled with phytochemicals, nutrients to feed our body, to live and thrive. And if you're wondering if you are specifically sensitive to certain foods and you shouldn't have it, I love the Pinner Test. And I will make sure that um, Andrea has it in her show notes. But I'm affiliated with them because I love what they are trying to promote and help people because everyone is biochemically different. And, you know, some people can have broccoli and some people may be sensitive to it. So it all depends. But the Pinner test is a test that you can test for food sensitivities. And um, it's just fun. And it is a little bit of an investment. We have, like, the HSA insurance. So we actually just pay for it for that. But... You can use code Thrival Nutrition for $60 off, and they do offer payment plans and stuff if you can't afford the payment up front. But I highly recommend these type of tests if people are having like a stubborn weight loss or symptoms that aren't going away, like eczema or gut problems. I just, I can't express how different everyone is. So you also can't compare yourself to each other on like, well, they're eating this and you may not. Mm. So is the test like a one that they can do from anywhere or at home, or do they have to go somewhere to take this test? I also love this test because you can do it at home. Okay. They send you like a little kit, and it's kind of like when you check your blood sugar okay. if you're diabetic, and you just um, put a couple of drops of blood on a cotton thing that they give you, and then you just send it in and you get your results. Oh, wow. That's nice and so, easy. <laughs> yes, it is nice and easy, but um, this will help you determine if you have any food sensitivities. I like that, yes. I've never done one, but I've always kind of curious about those tests because I've noticed lately dairy and me do not go well together. So, and mostly after the birth of my son, I'm like, I just have gut aches after if I have too much dairy. So that's why yeah. I'm like, huh, I wonder if I've developed something. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so do you ever suggest hiding vegetables into meals for your family? I know we kind of just briefly touched on that, but do you think it's a good idea? Do you think not? It's, it, this is a hard question because it's very beneficial for little kids because they don't understand and little kids are just like, no, that looks gross. I won't eat it. Um, so it is beneficial to hide it from them. But when they get to a point of understanding when they're older and especially adults, 
I don't suggest hiding vegetables because if you hide it, they really won't know they're eating it and they like it. Um, so like if you go out to eat, like cauliflower, for example, they wouldn't order cauliflower because they're like, I don't know, I don't like it. But you know, like, well, I hide it and stuff and you do like it. Mm -hmm. So when they get to a point, it can backfire as adults, older kids. So I don't recommend hiding food for older people and I use that example for my son Isaiah who is six and when he was little I did hide some foods and different things because he was just like oh my god little green things <laughs> but an example would be I sit down with him when I think he was five I think it was last year I really started to sit down with him and if he was like this is green I'm not a fan of this I really don't eat this I said, Isaiah, we have good guys and bad guys in our body. And I was like, Hulk eats the broccoli. That's why he's so green and strong. And two, when we eat these good foods, it helps fuel these good guys in our body to fight these bad guys. And I'll be like, and the bad guys, if they win, they can make us really, really sick. And I'll link a time back to when it was miserable and I was like remember you had a stomach bug or remember when we had to go to the doctor and they had to test you for strep and stick that thing down your throat and he'll be like he hated that and he was like yeah I remember that and then I'll be like well do you want that to happen again and he'll be like no and I'll be like well this is why we need to eat to fuel our good guys so we don't have to do that again and he's like okay so when they get to that age and you can communicate with him the importance of real food and eating and even just like eating things that don't look good, it helps. And I feel like that's a better strategy than because he'll grow with that when he moves out of the house, he'll understand versus hiding veggies, you know? Yes. No, that's a really good idea. Um, mm -hmm. When you talk about that for in terms of gut health, too, do you have are you a probiotic believer? I am. Yeah. I am, especially with the right probiotic. Yep. That's where I just started taking one and I kind of, I'm liking it and kind of noticing a difference. Um, yes. So that's where I had wondered, is, do you do it with kids as well? Yes, I do. Um, my favorite supplement company is Garden of Life. I really love them and I take their probiotics for kids and adults, but I think it's very necessary because even though fermented foods should be a part of everyone's diet, I honestly, it's just harder and they're more expensive to have them pre-made. But I always just love the idea of probiotics just for like backup. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And that's the same. That's the same one that I take. Cause I had one of my yoga teachers had told me, I'd asked her what is a good brand and she had recommended that brand as well. So good to yes. know. Um, so as far as, do you think everyone should be on like a gluten-free, dairy-free, plant-based diet? Cause I know there's a lot of confusion and I know people get confused and then what ends up happening and there's like, well, I have no idea what to do. Everything is bad. They just rely on that quick, easy processed food because they just assume, well, who knows what's right anymore. Oh, for sure. And I'll dive into each one that you said, but that's why I said like everyone is different. So like the Pinner test, some people may be okay with certain things and some people may not. So for example, gluten-free, I've honestly seen it being very beneficial for people to be gluten-free. Now, the reason is that wheat, which is almost the product that we take that has gluten, is isn't the same what it used to be. So I'm all for like ancestral health, what our ancestors used to eat, but it's been so hybridized and changed so much that studies are showing that it's hurting us more than, you know, giving us nutrition. And it's like doused with Roundup. So almost all wheat products are processed anyways. So I try to avoid that. But I'm, not, I'm a mom and I'm not the anal mom at birthday parties and get togethers that like, you cannot eat that cake. No, I don't mind. But what I bring home 
and the majority of what we eat, it does not contain wheat or gluten. I bloat when I eat gluten. I get headaches the day after I eat gluten. It's very controversial, but I definitely think it's beneficial. And if you're wondering if you should, you can take it out of your diet for a month, see how you feel, introduce it, and then see how you feel. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like a rule of thumb if you're ever wondering to eat something. But I think the staple and majority of your diet should not. And then for plant-based, this is a very hot topic, and I'm not here to offend anyone. I, I personally don't believe in plant-based diets because some people do it better than others, but in the long run, I've yet to see someone actually sustain on it without being deficient in something where they have to supplement or they start having health issues. If you're having to supplement with something to meet your daily need, it's, it's not working. Now, I'm all for, like, against against cruelty about factory farming, not letting animals be able to be pasture-raised and fed the way they are naturally supposed to eat. When animals do that, they produce a healthier byproduct, whether it's meat or dairy. Like, newsflash, chickens aren't supposed to be vegetarian, and you see this on eggs all the time, like, vegetarian-fed. They are supposed to be eating bugs and critters in the ground, not vegetarian feed. So I believe that animal byproducts like eggs and meat, they're just so full of nutrients that we need, and the best way to get these nutrients in balance are from these foods plant proteins lack in amino acids and that's why you have to pair them like rice and beans you also have to eat three times more legumes to get the same amount of amino acids that you get from a piece of chicken or a steak so I just support family raised animals that aren't abused and are treated with as much humanity as possible but we are at the top of the food chain but I know that there's a lot of people that watch like vegan documentaries and read the China study and make these decisions to go plant-based everything but everything's so biased and it's so full of holes especially the China study so the credibility is just really hard to find so I think to have optimal health we need a little bit of that animal product not go overboard but we need to get them from happy healthy animals and the same goes for like dairy-free Most of the dairy that's on the market is highly pasteurized, which completely destroys the nutrients. And they're from factory cows, not the healthy animals. So it definitely can cause problems. I've seen people who are lactose intolerant be okay with like a raw dairy straight from the cow because it still contains the lactase enzyme, but that's killed in pasteurization. But that lactase enzyme helps with the breakdown of lactose. So it's little things like that. Most dairy isn't okay now if you find yourself a small family farm that does raw dairy and you feel comfortable with it that's awesome you really want to aim for like grass-fed products from pasture-raised cows now with dairy you can do the same like you did with wheat um take it out of your diet for a month see how you feel put it in back in your diet and see how you feel and everyone's so unique you can kind of start to feel like what works for you and what doesn't and yeah yeah, I like that. Um, so for dairy, is there anything that you can substitute for butter? Because that's what I found. I'm like, oh, I can't really. Like, what can I do instead of butter? Oh, I love butter. What's your against a butter? Well, I was trying to cut out dairy completely because I know every okay. time I have like ice cream or milk that does not sit well with me. So I was okay. like, well, how in the world can I substitute dairy or for butter? And then cheese is also one that's hard to substitute, but I don't use a lot of it anymore. Oh, I love cheese. I love some grass-fed cheddar. Um, Cheese, yeah, it's very hard to substitute. But butter, if you do want to take out all dairy, ghee is the alternative of butter. And it's pretty, you can buy it or you can make it on yourself. But I'm pretty sure you just, I just buy it. 
I'm just cutting my time of having to make something else, but you can just heat it up and then the proteins will separate from the rest of it and you can skim off the top and then you're left with ghee. So ghee is, if you do want to take out dairy, ghee would be your good alternative. Good to know. I almost bought that yesterday when I was at the grocery store. I was like, hmm, but I wasn't 100% sure exactly what ghee was. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so kind of let's go into like beverages. So I love, well, I love coffee and I love tea. Um, but do you have a preference? Like should people, are you a no coffee drinker or tea is better than coffee, which it probably is, but what is your opinion? Oh, I love both. Yeah, I'm definitely both. I used to be just tea. I've recently became a coffee drinker because I just found what it can do for you. (laughs) I like drink coffee. I'm like, I'm getting a lot of stuff done. Um, But the key to a healthy coffee is making sure you're getting quality beans. So organic, obviously, because there's toxins that can be grown in a damp environment if they are not taken care of properly. And these toxins can actually be the reason for jitters of after you have coffee because it's not a good quality bean. Um, I also love getting direct trade coffee beans because fair trade's okay but direct trade has more of a relationship between the farmer and the buyer and I just love that I just love cutting out the middlemen of stuff and getting things straight from the farm as you can so let's see creamer okay so that's the thing that really makes a lot of coffee bad too is the sugars the creamers that they put into it so they have like coconut milk coffee creamer now that I love and I use and you can even use like grass-fed butter like a bulletproof coffee if anyone's ever heard of that but using those type of things instead of the dairy creamers that are just full of artificial sweeteners and flavors it's disgusting and then (laughs) cold brew is gaining popularity from being less acidic than hot coffee but you should honestly limit on how much you do coffee isn't bad it's coffee bean it's natural but you shouldn't be doing like five cups of it Mm -hmm. um same with tea i love herbal and green teas which they just have tremendous benefits in the body from like boosting immune system providing nutrients and my favorite is like green tea because there are tons of studies that support green tea and being anti-cancer showing that these green tea has phytochemicals in them that can induce apoptosis which is the killing of the cancer cells and influencing genes in a healthy way so both are great and i definitely would say a balance of both I would also say it's ideal to cut out caffeine before 2 to 3 p.m. so it doesn't interrupt your sleep cycle. And that coffee definitely isn't for everyone, especially if you have adrenal fatigue or various problems that you can test with your functional medicine doctor doing like a saliva test and among others. Yes. So I want to go back to the jittery thing. So now you're saying that bad coffee causes the jitters. This is good to know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've seen um, experience from like, people personally and then I'm pretty sure I would have to link up a study but I'm almost positive that the toxins that are the way the coffee beans are grown and they grow these toxins and you won't be able to see these these are so 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 tiny um it's just the way the coffee beans are grown because the quality isn't good it could be a reason for jitters so like I know someone that used to get the jitters from coffee and I think they got it at like nasty gas station coffees and then versus when they made their own and had a good quality bean and used a good creamer that they didn't have jitters anymore so the quality can definitely affect how you're feeling if you've had bad experiences with coffee before (laughs) that is good to know yes I don't I suppose I don't get jitters very much but I've had it a few times and I was like wonder why this randomly happened 
but I probably I should pay attention to what in the world I drank to get the jitters. Interesting. Yes. Um, so now I want to kind of talk about the holidays since they'll be coming up before we know it. Yay. Um, and I know people eating around the holidays, such a tricky time, like pretty much from October, you know, now with Halloween and the candy's out. I mean, it's candy's out already, um, you know, through basically the end of the year. I mean, it's just constant food around us. So how can people eat healthy, but yet still live and enjoy life? I love the holidays. I'm so obsessed with holidays. I'm so excited. Um, Okay, so three tips. I would say one, to try to be in charge of as how much food as possible. Like, try to host the parties. That's what I do. I'm like, I'll host Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the holidays. But if you do not, if you can't host, at least bring a couple dishes that you can have and make healthy alternatives. So like I said before, you, using like a favorite holiday and then like a favorite holiday recipe and then you just make it healthier so deviled eggs a lot of the problem with deviled eggs that makes it unhealthy is one they probably use really factory farm nasty eggs so you would choose like pasteurized eggs or at least organic eggs and then you would use like avocado oil mayo instead of mayo that normally is used that is full of inflammatory oils and so just making little changes to holiday favorites can definitely help you eat healthier over the holidays and my second one would be to fill up your plate with fats and proteins first this will help you feel satisfied and satiated and not overeat and my third tip would probably be to watch out for the drinks because you need to limit these because different holiday specialty alcoholic drinks can make you overindulge before you even begin eating yes those are awesome those are great tips yeah the beverages they can always have those hidden factors and people might not always pay attention and they're like oh well I ate pretty healthy but then they don't even think oh shoot I might have had a few alcoholic beverages over the weekend and it just just blew your mind (laughs) yes full of artificial colors sweeteners I mean the list can definitely go on yes Well, now I want to switch gears a little bit, and I want to talk about essential oils, and I know that's something else that you're passionate about. So I actually love using essential oils, but I'm not as familiar with them as I'd kind of like to be. So what are your favorite essential oils, and what are they good for? Yes. Oh, I love essential oils. I do. I'm always, like, diffusing something or sniffing something. I always thought, like, what my son thinks of me when I'm, you know, in the car and, like, a traffic jam and I'm sniffing oil. (laughs) But, um... Uh, Yes, I love them. Okay, so I have a handful of must-haves. I have a lot of essential oils in the house, but I would say lemon, peppermint, bergamot. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it, but hey, it's one of my favorite. Tea tree and a blend of like a germ fighter. They are my favorites. And lemon helps uplift your mood. It cleans the air when you diffuse. It's really great for cleaning, like mopping or making natural cleaners. It's a natural antibacterial and antifungal. Peppermint is amazing for headaches and nausea. It is my go-to 100%. Mm. And it's also good for relieving sore muscles. Tea tree is my other one. It's natural antifungal. So really good for dermatitis or athlete's foot, any fungusy type things. Acne, dandruff, avoiding lice, cold sores. Definitely love tea tree. Bergamot. I don't know if that's how you say it. Um, But it's my absolute go-to for stress and anxiety. And being a business owner, I definitely have my times of, you know, trying to release a new e-course or a new e-book. So I've been through stress and anxiety and it is my ultimate sniffer I have to help me calm down, refocus and relieve tension. And it's also been studied to help with being an antidepressant. 
Do you, and, do you oh, usually put those in a diffuser or do you put them right on your skin? I usually diffuse and then I do put them in my skin. But if anything, if I'm like on the road, I'll just sniff straight from the bottle. Okay. Um, I do put topically. I never ingest, which I'll talk about in a second. Okay. But Germ Fighter, my last one is my favorite. That's I always like diffuse. I really don't put on unless my kids or me are sick but it's a must-have for having kids especially if they're in school I love to diffuse when my kids are sick or even like preventing sickness so I'll diffuse a couple times during the week overnight when they're sleeping and I have like a kid safe blend of it which is really amazing that sounds great so um I know that there are different brands for essential oils and I mostly get mine from again that yoga teacher that I met she actually does her own um, line and I know those are all great and she researches and does her stuff and um the lavender one I'd actually helped so I was getting super bad charlie horses and it's like oh, a lavender, lavender too yes and she made it and I put it right on my calves when I would get them at night especially when I was pregnant and then they would go away like instantly so we we're like okay well we should bring it in um you know when I was in labor so I started to cramp up when I was in labor and I was like, oh gosh, you know, this is not going to be good. So my husband put it on my legs and it immediately went away. And so I told her, I just, I, you know, I shared, I'm like, I don't know what you have blended with this, but this is amazing. I <laughs> so love lavender. Everyone about that. I'm like, oh, so I know that brands make a huge difference because I don't know. I'm sure not every brand would be able to do that. Do you have any go-to brands that you like to use? Yes. And this is definitely another hot topic ish because there are a lot of companies out there but the main goal when you are looking at a company your company needs to be transparent they need to be able to show you the test that they do to qual to show you the quality of the essential oil and they i also look for companies that teach you proper essential oil usage my favorite brand of all time is plant therapy my mm -hmm. other favorite brand i would say is like mountain reserves but i mostly buy from plant therapy now, I, I don't I don't say any brands, but certain brands say like they're therapeutic grade essential oil, and that really isn't a regulated term. So really, anyone can say that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that the essential oils that say that aren't good. I'm sure they are, but there's a lot of like way overpriced essential oils, especially if it's from a multi-level marketing business, because they have to pay, you know, everyone that sells it. And I also just don't agree with some of the usage teachings that they teach reps to teach customers. And that is a huge thing to me. Like ingestion, I don't recommend you ever adjusting essential oils ever unless you're under um, an aromatherapist and your healthcare provider. 100%, you should not be ingesting oils. They are very, very powerful. And using essential oils neat. Like, I hear that all the time. Different people are like, yeah, you can use, our oils are different, so you can use meat. The chemical compounds are still the same, and certain essential oils should not be used on kids under a certain mm -hmm. age. They can't be used for anyone. So I remember sitting down with someone, and they were like, yeah, you can use this for any time. I'm like, oh, even my two-week-old? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Knowing what I know now, I'm like, that's horrible advice, because the chemical compounds can really affect the littles, especially the kids and pregnant women and stuff like that. And using essential oils neat, like always recommend diluting 100%. It helps enhance the properties and absorption and it reduces the risk of sensitivity. So there's very few essential oils out there that you don't need to like dilute, which is like lavender is a really, really good one. To, you could use neat, but mostly they should be diluted so those are some things that when I'm seeing a company I look for like okay what are they teaching how to use it I feel like to me credibility I'm like eh eh and even if some people are in like certain multi-level marketing 
they don't, I've seen people that do it, but they don't teach that. Like they, you like, yeah, you have to dilute. They don't always like go word for word on what they're taught. Mm -hmm. So it just definitely depends on how you're using it. And I mean, the price, that's huge for me. Plant Therapy has free shipping always, which is awesome. And they have amazing prices and they are not sacrificing the quality. And so that's what I found. I was like, oh my God, Plant Therapy is awesome. Like I seriously cannot say enough about that company. Ooh, I will have to check them out. Yes, sounds great. Yes, like free shipping, like sold. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they have like, if you go on their website, they have the results of every test they did to show that batch of quality of essential oils. And to me, that's that's amazing. There's no sketchiness, which I love. Yes, the transparency of it, that is mm-hmm. huge. Yes. All right. So kind of wrapping up now, um, last few questions I have for you. So I know that you have an ebook right now and it's all about eating healthy on a budget, which is huge, um, especially if you have a family because food can definitely add up. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your free ebook? Yes. I made this free ebook because I always got the same questions. Like, how do I shop? What do I shop for? Does this have to be organic? So the whole content of this ebook is to what to shop for. So there's pretty much a shopping list in it. Um, organic versus conventional. I teach you like what you should buy organic and then what you don't have to worry about, which is nice to not to have to worry about everything organic. And also where to shop. I am a guru of shopping. So if you tell me where can I find the cheapest coconut oil I know where to find it I think it's just because I love going to grocery stores and I'm always shopping but so I'm telling you where to shop to save money and then just different money saving tips and tricks oh that's awesome yes um that is great so now second where can we connect with you at yes I am on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter ish I like really don't use it I just link it from Instagram so Facebook Instagram Thrival Nutrition and then I am on Snapchat if you kind of want to get to know me more on a personal um, basis it's like my personal mixed with business and that's Thrival Life because nutrition was too long so I just chose life (laughs) I love it (laughs) so since we're on the Peaceful Power podcast um, I like to find out what peaceful power means to my guests so what does peaceful power mean to you I, I'm a literal person, so like I take that pretty literally when you say peaceful power. I think that like we have this power inside of us, our passion, our fire, the calling we have to do to leap on this earth, but we do it in a quiet, peaceful way. So doing things that really aren't being seen by everyone, like going to the gym at 5 a.m. when everyone's sleeping or reading a self-help book on your free time or during your lunch break, but we're nourishing our body, mind, and soul and getting stuff done and slowly moving towards making our power bigger and greater but at the same time being humble about it and just getting stuff done behind the scenes just really living out your calling and we definitely all have one yes oh I love it that is great oh. so last question I always like to throw out a weekly challenge to all the listeners so when I have guests I have you guys throw out a challenge so what challenge would you like to throw out everyone for the week Ooh, this is fun I would say the weekly challenge is to choose your favorite food and make it into a healthier alternative. So for an example, if your favorite food spaghetti, you could use spaghetti squash or you could buy a spiralizer and spiralize some zucchini into noodles. And so just making your favorite food into a healthier alternative. And if you're having problems with it, you can contact me on my website, www.thrivalnutrition.com under the contact tab. Tell me that you're from this episode and podcast so I know who I'm talking to and be like hi my favorite food is this how can I make it healthy and it's just so much fun and you are 
adding more nutrition to your diet, which is such a win-win. So definitely that's my weekly challenge for you. Ooh, that's a good one. Yes, I'm going to have to work on that with mac and cheese for my husband. Ooh, there's so many good mac and cheese recipes out there. Yes, I'm going to have to research and find that. All right. Yes, I have a recipe on my blog, I believe. You'd have to search it because it's been a while since I wrote it. But it's um, mac and cheese spaghetti squash, and it is so good. Ooh, I'll have to look that up. Making yeah. note of that right now. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, it was a pleasure talking to you and getting some nutrition information, which I have not shared yet. So I'm excited to have people dive into the nutrition part because, I mean, your health, it's not just working out. I mean, a lot of it is what we put in our bodies. So thank you for sharing your knowledge. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Perfect. And go out there and spread your peaceful power. Bye, everyone. If you're looking to spread more peaceful power in your life, Head on over to sapphiretraining.com, spelled S-A, the word fire, training.com for more information about how to spread your peaceful power, as well as if you want a free resource guide on to working out for your body types, that is at the top of our homepage. So go on out there and spread your peaceful power.